Welcome to the number 10 podcast where we talk about the biggest moments in Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. I'm your host, Logan Hagan. On today's episode, we're going to get back to our normal programming and talk a bit about the 10 biggest storylines in American soccer over the past few weeks, and there is a lot to cover. To start, right before the new year, the MLS Players Association released a statement saying that the league would be invoking the force majeure clause in their collective bargaining agreement. Since its founding in 2003, the MLSPA has negotiated a total of five CBAs with Major League Soccer. Each has improved the working conditions for the players and the rights within the league. The fifth and the latest one was temporarily agreed to late last January prior to the start of the regular season. The CBA was set to expand free agency eligibility, revenue sharing for the next broadcast deal, and an increase in senior roster spot minimums, and much more. However, when the season was postponed back in March, after the second match, the CBA was still not ratified. The two parties reconvened in June to make modifications and ratify the CBA, allowing for the MLS's back tournament to happen over the summer. The players agreed on a 5% pay cut in 2020 and a smaller percentage of revenue in the next broadcast deal. Another piece included in the deal was a force majeure clause. This clause is typically included in contracts that excuses one or both parties from having to fulfill contractual obligations if extreme circumstances outside of either party's control arise, such as a global pandemic. With this clause, the league has 30 days to negotiate in good faith with the MLSPA under the current CBA. After that date, the current CBA could be terminated. At the end of the season, it was announced that the league had lost over a million dollars in revenue during with that the mls pa was informed that the league intended to invoke the force majeure clause in response the pa posted this following statement after a 2020 season of extreme sacrifice immeasurable risk to personal health and remarkable league-wide effort to successfully return to play this tone-deaf action by the league discredits the previous sacrifices made by the players and enormous challenges they overcame in 2020 the current The two parties currently have until the end of January to negotiate the CBA. After that, it could be terminated. If this happens, there could be a delay to the 2021 season or even a lockout. There is still no set date to start the season, and that is a whole other issue. In November, the league stated that they they were aiming for a start date somewhere between somewhere in March. However, even with COVID vaccines being distributed, it is probably not going to be widely distributed in March to allow for full fan capacities or even large number of fan capacities. So they'll still be limited until probably around the summertime. But the summer brings entirely new issues. The international schedule is extremely saturated this year. The United States has the Nations League, a Gold Cup, and potentially the Olympics. And that doesn't include international players that could be competing in the Euros, Copa America, and other international tournaments. MLS probably doesn't want to have to worry about squeezing in a bunch of games in the summer months when they could be missing a large number of their players. It has announced that they're not asking their players to take a pay cut in 2021. Instead, they're asking the players to extend the CBA for one more year. This is better than a pay cut, especially for those players that aren't on the senior team roster, so aren't making the bigger salaries. And, but the MLSPA still has yet to respond to this, so we're 
currently just waiting and seeing how that's going to go about. On the coaching front in MLS, there was a lot of changes that happened in the past week. Greg Vanny, formerly of Toronto FC, officially joined his former club, LA Galaxy. Inner Miami announced that they would be parting ways with their coach, Diego Alonso, after a very difficult season. And they've been linked with Phil Neville, the current head coach of the England women's national team. With that, there are currently three vacancies in the MLS, including DC United, Inner Miami, and Toronto FC. Players are also making a lot of moves within MLS. Austin FC recently signed Matt Beasler, formerly of Sporting Kansas City, who he, where he had played for the entirety of his career. FC Cincinnati acquired Ronald Matarita from NYC FC in a trade. MLS Cup champs Columbus Crucy have made two big signings this offseason in the free agent market, including Bradley Wright Phillips from LAFC and Kevin Molino from Minnesota United. Minnesota United has also made a signing of their own on the free market, bringing in Will Trapp, formerly of Inner Miami. The New England Revolution brought back two former LA Galaxy players in Emmanuel Boateng and AJ De La Garza. Boateng was previously with the crew and De La Garza was at Inner Miami, but they both played under head coach Bruce Arena back when he played, coached at the LA Galaxy. And finally, in domestic moves, Chris Wondolowski reached an agreement with the San Jose Earthquakes to come back for next season. But MLS teams aren't just making moves within the league, they're also making moves outside of the league. As we had found out a few months ago, Brendan Aronson is heading off to RB Salzburg, and he's actually joined that squad now. But this week, it was announced that Union center back and homegrown player Mark McKenzie would also be leaving the club, and he's headed off to the Belgium side, Gank. As for other young Americans, it looks like Brian Reynolds is going to be heading to Europe at some point in this offseason as he has links that are linking him with Juventus, Roma, and Club Rouge over in Europe. After the rebrand at the end of 2019, the Chicago Fire are going to go through another rebrand. The one that they had at the end of 2019 did not stick well with their fans in, as they had hoped it was. So their new rebrand that they are just starting out on they're taking submissions from people within the Chicago area about their thoughts about the fire, what it means to them, and how they can incorporate that into the branding. The Montreal Impact have also announced that they're going to be announcing their rebrand sometime next week, and they will join the Houston Dynamo as clubs who will have changed identities during this offseason. On the women's side, the NWSL College Draft is set to take place on Wednesday. With that, they announced that any Division I college senior is eligible to be selected for the draft, whether or not they declare for it. Additionally, Katarina Macario of Sanford announced that she was going to forego the rest of her eligibility and go into the draft. Macario has been highly touted with the U.S. Women's National Team and has recently switched, gotten her U.S. citizenship from Brazil and is working to switch her FIFA eligibility. The current draft order is as follows. Racing Louisville gets the first pick, followed by Washington Spirit. Then Sky Blue FC has picks three and four. Louisville again, the Chicago Red Stars, Portland's Thorns, Sky Blue again, Orlando Pride, and then the North Carolina Courage to, wrap up, to round out round one. After that, there'll be three other rounds. So that's a total of four rounds and 40 picks. The women's national team announced that they would be having a camp in Florida during January. 
And with that, though, we'll be playing two friendlies against Columbia at the end of the month. This camp features some standout players that emerge in 2020, such as Christy Mewis, Jalen Howell, Sophie Smith, while bringing back some of the stalwarts who missed most of 2020, whether it was because of the pandemic or injuries. So we will be seeing Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, and Mallory Pugh, who recently moved from Sky Blue FC to the Chicago Red Stars. However, we won't be seeing Alex Morgan in this camp due to a positive COVID test for her. And then Kristen Press and Tobin Heath both opted to stay with Manchester United during this camp. On top of the women's national team camp, we're also getting a men's national camp at the same time in Florida. They called up 12 players for their senior national team and 23 players to the U23 team. The camp is mostly MLS-based players, which is pretty typical for a January camp. They have yet to announce who the friendly is going to be against, but it's likely that the standout players from the U23 team are going to then be called up to the senior roster to play in that friendly. Some notable call-ups on the senior side are Matt Turner of the New England Revolution, who has yet to earn a cap for the national team, and Chris Mueller of Orlando City, who in his national team debut in December, he scored a brace, and so he's getting called back up again. As for the U23s, there's other some other notable players coming in, such as center mid Eric Williamson of the Portland Timbers, forward Benji Michelle of Orlando City, Matt Freeze, who's a goalkeeper for the Philadelphia Union, and Abubakar Keita, a defender for Columbus Crew SC. And like I said, we're not going to see any of our standout players that are abroad in this camp, but they're still doing big things over in Europe. Weston McKinney scored his third goal for Juventus against AC Milan this week. Zach Steffen made his Premier League debut for Manchester City after he defeated Christian Pulisic in Chelsea. Stefan also earned a shout-out against Manchester United to advance to the League Cup final that will be taking place against Tottenham Hotspur. DeAndre Yedlin of Newcastle has worked himself back into a, a starting position for, with the club and has been competing more with minutes that he was not earlier in the season. And finally, 19-year-old Matthew Hope became the third American to score a hat-trick in Europe and the first American to do it in the Bundesliga for Schalke this morning against Hoffenheim to break Schalke's 31-game winless streak. That is all for now. Thank you for joining me on the Number 10 Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Agan. Please make sure you like, rate, review, and share with your friends. Till next time.